The Worldcraft Club Podcast. Welcome to the podcast. A time devoted to world building and its impact on narrative, where we discuss any and all topics involving the crafting of fictional settings to inspire your creativity. My name is James. And my name is Seth. And we are your hosts for this delightful half hour. So Seth, what's the deal with cyberpunk? Oh man, cyberpunk is all the rage right now, right? Because cyberpunk was something is something that has sort of always been on the edge of uh, the nerd conscious. Mm. If we can make that a thing, can we? Make yeah, yeah, yeah. Nerd the nerd conscious. I I recommend a a name, the nerdosphere. Yeah. So it's been on the consciousness of gamers and and nerds we also see a lot of the and this i'm really excited to talk about actually today we we also see a lot of the themes from cyberpunk sort of running through a lot of other mediums so we see it a lot in comics we see it a lot in anime so let's it might be good to just take a second and and talk about what is cyberpunk because People are going to be hearing this word a lot in 2020. Yeah, yeah. The the nerd culture is primed to blow at about that time. <laughs> For sure. For sure. People are going to be really hearing about this a lot. So the official definition is not super exciting. Um, hmm. It's just a genre of science fiction set in a lawless subculture of an oppressive society dominated by computer technology. <laughs> we're in but a cyberpunk tell- dystopia that's right. the facebook group yeah carry on sorry well so that's really interesting you know a lawless subculture in an oppressive society dominated by computer technology i'm sure some people would make the argument that if we are not there we are approaching the edge ever closer right yeah we live yeah, in yeah, a surveillance yeah. state we are slaves to facebook and twitter and and google you know all of that and yeah yeah yeah. the kind of corporate entities are growing (laughs) absolutely you know and and some parts of of the world some parts of the world we are certainly oppressive Mm. um you know you think of china's Mm. social credit system oh yeah horrifying. we have all of the makings for cyberpunk but what makes cyberpunk really interesting is the lawless subculture Mm. that they're talking about Right. The because punk that, part of cyberpunk. Yeah, yeah. And and we're a little bit removed from what punk actually was in the 80s. Hmm. Right? Yeah, you want to expand on that? Sure. So, so in the 80s, punk was not just a style of music. It wasn't hmm. just a way of dressing. You know, the leather, the spikes, the patches. It was actually and later the makeup and the, and the yeah. tight jeans. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know the hair. Oh yeah, Liberty spikes. spikes. Punk was actually a state of mind, hmm. in a way. It was hmm. a specific way of dealing with authority, and yeah. in in their minds, the people who were involved in the subculture, in their minds, it was a way of dealing with egregious authority. Hmm. not just yeah. not just authority but actually like people who are trying to put you down right so the man yeah absolutely so when we start to look at that we start to see that the movement the punk movement was fairly aggressive about fighting back against the man 
it wasn't simply saying, I'm just going to go live on my own. I'm going to go do my thing. You know, it wasn't people moving and living off the grid. No, it was it was people who were trying to bring the man down. There was a fair amount of anarchism hmm. yeah. in the movement. Just a, a general sense of dissatisfaction with almost any organizing principle in society. Yeah. In many ways, I think they viewed themselves as freedom fighters. They mm. wanted to break free of the of the established uh, rules and mores mm. and and really get to live their own life how they yeah. wanted to live it. Basically In, pirates. Basically pirates with Punk leather pirates. And, and spikes and, you know. Yeah. Everything nice. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, we've got the punk part weighed off. Yeah, for sure. Anarchism and liberty spikes. So when you add cyber control to that, and I say cyber mm. control because that's really what cyberpunk is talking about. It's talking about advanced technology that's used to manage people. Yeah. You end up with a dystopian world that is very, first of all, scary when you actually start to look at the guiding mm. principles. Yeah, yeah. And second, it lends itself to this idea that you would have people on the fringes of society who are fighting against the authority. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the cyber element to it is, uh, it, it just kind of occurs to me, a lot of these worlds are built off the back of, of contrast. And there's contrast even within the term cyberpunk, because we have these people who are rebelling against the system. So there must it be a system against which they can rebel. And the cyber element of it it adds this sort of um uh the the like technocratic's the wrong word um because that, that has a lot of other kind of deeper implications but it, it's kind of a technocracy maybe maybe a better word um yeah. even though it's derivative of technocratic i don't know it has different implication to it but this idea that you know that this high technology stuff can be uh, it, itself almost an organizing principle to society like people in power get a hold of these um technical assets uh, technological assets and kind of say you know what like um if we can kind of just guide people and funnel them down the right paths with certain surveillance technology or certain um curated systems of voting say or um we can keep people addicted to technology in a certain way then we can kind of funnel society in the direction we want um and that can include things like cybernetic implants you know you get people who are addicted in in a sense to to body alteration or something like that which kind of it makes me think like this cyber element almost has to include change in the essence of what makes us human and a question about what makes us human and all of this tied up in a very sort of oppressive system against which the the, the punk side of the definition is kind of is, is is pressing against yeah so that that gives us i think our definition actually i think you you nailed right there sort of what our definition for cyberpunk is on on the one hand you have this kind of uh, all-encompassing technological mm. lifestyle and then on the other you have this sort of primal urge to push against that or to to fight that control yeah yeah and and that continual question of, of what makes us human i think is a uh, a big theme that kind of turns up a lot in it and the this idea that that the things that we have become addicted to don't define us and that there are like the the ways that we are organized and the ways that we are spoken to do not necessarily make us who we are and the and the punks in 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 essence rebel against that which i think is just a 
a fascinating principle to build off the back of. So let's take a second and talk about what our fairy cake is. Because, yeah, yeah, because, we always have to come back to this. Because cyberpunk is, is built on a couple different ideas that we can probably sort of boil down into one set of guiding principles. Yeah. Right. So I think that you absolutely nailed the first one, which is that there has to be some sort of authoritarian figure in the world. Yeah. Something yeah, yeah, yeah. that is controlling, that seems to have a sort of all-encompassing control or possession of the world mm. for the the punk element to rebel against right yeah. so on the one hand you have authoritarian rule on the other hand you have the anti-authoritarian mm. so an, an interesting thing is that the the sources of those authority can vary like seth and i have alluded a lot to um government writ large but um, we, we can actually mean a lot of different things like this. It can, it can be uh, the authority of a state. It could be the authority of um, even down to a city or a corporation or sometimes even an individual or a criminal element that has or exerts a large degree of control. So it, it matters not really where that control manifests, except that it has to make heavy use of technology and their power has to be. Uh, significant. They have to be com competent enough to hold it down, and the punks have to be challenging that. Um, punks being the protagonists in this case. Yeah. Wow. I think we may have just touched on all of the examples of fairy cake here. I think we did. I was um, just over that. How about we? Okay. Uh, so, so James. Yeah. yeah. What are some examples of cyberpunk that we can look at, or that we can point our listeners to? All right. So some of these are cyberpunk, but you wouldn't necessarily think of them as cyberpunk initially, or they weren't explicitly labeled in that genre. So the first one we're going to draw out is the matrix because, uh, you've got the authoritarian element is actually the machines that control everybody. The cyberpunk sort of element of it is that everybody's has a digital self. And this is actually a common trope in cyberpunk as well. Uh, cyberpunk, usually people assume cybernetics, but that's not always the case, even though I'd argue that in the matrix, there's a fair amount of cybernetics because they're all plugged in. That is, a, that is a cybernetic implant that allows them to be fed and their muscles to stay awake. But, um, you know, there's no robot arms or legs or anything. Um, so it, it's not thought of in that way very often. But Definitely strapping a bunch of people to a neural net who are defying that authority and searching for their humanity against an anti-human authoritarian antagonist is pretty much cyberpunk written out. One of the really awesome things about cyberpunk is how it spans genres, though, or it spans uh, mediums, right? Mm. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you just brought up an example of a movie. Uh, there are a lot of cyberpunk elements in manga and anime. Oh, and, yeah. So something like Alita, Battle Angel. Oh, yeah, that has Liberty Spikes and robot arms. That's right. Uh, but we also see it in like video games. Deus Ex is a is a great example. Very of, explicitly cyberpunk. Yeah. Super, yeah, explicit cyberpunk. Um, in tabletop role-playing games with Shadowrun, you know, movies, you get Blade Runner, uh, which is a, a pretty interesting noir-heavy example. 
we should sit on Blade Runner for just a second because this, okay. is, this is another interesting one because this one doesn't like this is where we get the idea that noir fits into this real well because Blade Runner is sci-fi noir right and right. um as you look at it you you see heavy authoritarian principles but it's unclear kind of where they're from except um you know you've got this megacorp in there you don't know there's very blurry lines between the corporation and the government but you have almost this independent city-state feeling to LA which is a very common theme as well in cyberpunk for some reason like devolved authority is is really common in fact you get this idea that law is broken down and then you kind of ask the question it's like well where are the liberty spikes and there's none in blade runner but there is an element of robots becoming human this question about where we draw this line and so in this one it's not even so much the humans asking what makes us human but what makes these people human? What makes these things human? These things we created to serve us. So this actually kind of like is cyberpunk with a little bit of emphasis on the cyber element of it and a question about uh, the altered state of man. What makes us people? Which um, if we're going to talk Blade Runner as that, you could kind of maybe throw Fallout 4 into that mix um, and a couple of other different intellectual properties when we start asking that. But I think those strain the genre a little bit because the um, the, the the punk aesthetic and punk element of anti-authoritarianism isn't really quite as readily well-placed because in Fallout 4, you can side with the Brotherhood of Steel and uh, you know you can take a giant robot and smash the authority, which is not exactly like that doesn't feel cyberpunky to me like teaming up with the military doesn't sound like a cyberpunk way yeah, to do things yeah that's a little bit it's a little bit too in step with the authority yeah for, yeah exactly for the punk element mm -hmm. um there's certainly some bleed over into a lot of different genres mm. um so one thing that i i wanted to bring up was a game called netrunner netrunner it's a card game uh, I'm sure our, our listeners are familiar with Magic the Gathering. Mm. Netrunner is similar, and one of the things I love about the game is that there's a faction called the Anarchists who are <laughs> all about the Liberty Spikes. Oh, yeah, Liberty Spikes. And, and are, you know, are sort of the, the typical definition of punk yeah. in, in this world. But in addition to the Anarchists, there are also some other some other runner factions. And I think it's worth bringing up because... You have the criminal faction, mm. which is a a group who are really out for for the money, right? Mm. They're just in it for what they can get, yeah. and they come off as kind of a smooth and polished. They use the technology; they're familiar with the technology. Yeah. They use the corporate structure to their advantage. Yeah, you know, but they're still they're still bucking the authority by doing all of this illegal stuff. And then the last faction on the runner side is actually educational, right? It's sort of the shapers and makers in the world, people who are into building cool mods and technology or work for universities. So they're approaching it from another sort of the free thinking side, right? That's interesting because th this adds a lot of different flavors to it because we've kind of ba yes. basically painted it as like... Um, uh, you know, you've, you've got your your punk aesthetic versus your authority aesthetic, but sometimes the punks line up with the authoritarians or some some element of it. But they're doing the wet work. You know, they're they're like yeah. uh, in Shadow Run, it would be a company hires runners, uh, Shadow Runners to go and go and accomplish something for them. Illegal. And so, 
Yeah. And it's always something illegal. Like it does have to kind of skirt the authority. But the interesting thing about it is the corporations themselves, which are usually representative of some sort of authority, are not always interested in following that themselves. And so they hire these right. people on the fringes of society that fuck the standard uh, ways of operating. And uh, yeah, and there's sort of their a, skills. one rule for me, another rule for you. Yeah. Sort, yeah. Of, sort of vibe going on. Mm. So I got a weird one for you, Seth. This one, this one's All something right. I've, I've been thinking about this. All right. So do you remember that movie where they alter people's dreams and it was uh, Leonardo DiCaprio? It, it was, it was Inception, right? You yeah. remember Inception? Yeah, I remember Inception. It's a great I think movie. It, I think it might be cyberpunk. What? Yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've been thinking about it and wait a second. Yeah. Yeah. So they have a technology that allows them to enter the dreams of other people, right? So you can go in and you can, uh, you, you're basically hacking someone's brain. They mm -hmm. are a group of people that work for corporations, live on the fringes of society, and they buck authority. The movie actually centers around Leonardo DiCaprio's character trying to return home. He's been banned from America because he presumably did a lot of terrible things. And it's him assembling a team for a heist functionally a brain heist so it involves yeah. sci-fi people living on the fringes of society and bucking authority and uh criminals functionally trying to break into a person's a person's mind to either steal secrets or to um influence them in some way or another so at first i was gonna say but where's the uh where's the spikes <laughs> but then yeah. as i'm thinking about this it actually fits so we just used the example from netrunner of of kind of this academic faction mm, yeah right yeah yeah in a sense it sort of fits and even the criminals in netrunner who are who are very slick in the way they present themselves yeah yeah smooth operators yeah honestly it sort of fits huh that really wow that's a yeah, lot to I, think about let's get to the meat of this then like we've sure. talked a lot kind of around the topic we've been very kind of esoteric to to give just brief recap we understand the fairy cake of cyberpunk dehumanization related to tech. You've got to live on the fringes of society. There's got to be some sort of anti-authority element to it, though we've said the protagonist can sometimes run in line with that authority. We've named a bunch of stuff that is, uh, you know, potentially cyberpunky. Some things that might be a little bit on the fringes and strain the definition, but now we've got to ask the question. We're actually putting meat on the bones. We're building the world what are some challenges that we're likely to run into or some tropes that we can build off to effectively build a world that our readers and, and consumers will believe? So I think that the biggest challenge with cyberpunk is the contrast between authority and punk, right? Hmm. And I think that that's the biggest challenge because unlike a lot of let's say post-apocalyptic, which cyberpunk can often have a somewhat post-apocalyptic feel. Hmm. Certainly dystopian, and, and that usually kind of crosses into post-apocalyptic yeah, a little bit as well. Yeah, it does, it does. But because it's, because it's dystopian, it requires a heavy contrast between the, the authority and the people rebelling against the authority. Right. Yeah. And I say and I say heavy contrast because it's it's easy to introduce an, a group of characters when you're world building or a, a society that is rebelling against something. 
Yeah. It's difficult to make the thing they're rebelling against convincing. So I actually want to draw on maybe an unpopular opinion here, or actually it might be too much of a popular opinion on that count. Um, The most recent Star Wars movie, um, and that's going to change by the time this releases. So this would have been uh, episode eight. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the issues that I had with it was that the First Order were incompetent. And when you get toward the end of it, you've got just enough slapstick humor of Kylo Ren slapping Hux over the head. And you kind of go like, oh, well, these guys are just idiots. Like, why? Why is this a problem? Like, your authority has to have some menace to it. They have to have some weight to them. And they have to contrast with the world around them and the chaos. Why was Star Wars so good for such a long time? You nailed it right on the head. The Empire was terrifying. Darth Mm. Vader was scary. He would mess you up. If you weren't at the very top of your game, you lost and the Empire won, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. I think that in order for the payoff to actually work, the authority needs to be heavy. It needs to be scary. It needs to be real or at least realistic. And there has to be an actual threat. This is kind of an interesting thing as well. And I just just thought of this as like another cyberpunk thing is like we talked about how the world is gritty and dirty. You know where it's not gritty and dirty? Corporate headquarters, right? right. Like you've got to kind of seamlessly move between 2001, a space odyssey with like beautiful like settings that are very sci-fi into decaying city streets with acid rain and you have to be able to move between those two things now you don't necessarily this doesn't have to be the case everything can kind of be cool can be kind of grimy and a little bit dysfunctional but there are some places that are very manicured and curated and people are able to live kind of outside of that decadence i I think is actually a really common theme in cyberpunk as well corporate decadence you need that technology you also need a sense of so you need future tech right because mm. it is sci-fi yeah but you need that technology to go wrong yeah or or to be bootstrapped in some way yeah and actually maybe bootstrapped is a better better way to talk about this because the technology has to work it has to be good it has to be, has to be good so enough good. yeah it has well it has to be so good that a corporation or a government or somebody can use it to rule the world right mm. Yeah. to establish themselves as the authority and to remain unchallenged largely, right? Yeah. Obviously, cyberpunk is all about challenging the authority, but they have to be in control. Otherwise, mm. it's just anarchy, right? Otherwise, yeah. it's it's no longer this, you know, jackbooted authority versus the punk. It's just anarchy. So you need technology that is sufficiently advanced and works sufficiently well that there's some way for the protagonist to use it in a creative way to fight back against the man. Yes, exactly. There has to be enough gaps in the technology that somebody has figured out a way, um, like an example would be the Matrix. They figured out how to jack in to the Matrix. Mm-hmm. They figured out how to jump into it. And they realize that the when you are broken from the bounds of the technology, when you have opened your mind and you have uh, you have recaptured your humanity you are better able to manipulate the programming of the matrix because your brain impacts that so it's like that's an interesting thing is like this idea of recapturing humanity because i realized this right the punk versus the versus the authority is actually 
that, that is an adjacent problem in cyberpunk. Usually the bigger questions are philosophical ones because um, you're, you're not necessarily saying, oh, big bad corporation, we're going to tear them down. Even in Shadowrun, that sort of conflict is a setting feature. It's not actually always directly a narrative one. So it's kind of like, I think one of the challenges of cyberpunk is that you need to kind of have this, this scientific uh, science fiction sort of element to it but then you need to draw deeper into the questions of, um, of, of what that makes us and how that will affect us. So it's a little bit technoskeptic as well. It doesn't like to, it likes to ask the question where tech could go wrong. And you're really talking here about the synthesis between humanity and technology. Mm. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And where the, the line begins to blur. Right? Yeah. I've heard people refer to humans as cyborgs, right? We are on the first step in the evolution to becoming a cyborg because we are, we seem to be permanently attached to our phones mm. that our, our phone has all of this capability, right? In connecting us to the rest of the world and connecting us to the internet, but it has in some way, started to become part of us right mm. where people feel incredible anxiety when they don't have their phone ready to hand when their phone gets down to you know low battery people start getting nervous right? well you won't because be able to find we... your way home right you won't be able and, to find your way home you don't have google maps and that's a ludicrous idea mm. frankly that's kind of crazy but in a yeah. future where we rely very very heavily on technology you mm. might actually consider that to be a true thing and so i think that we're already because we're already starting to see some of these ideas playing out in life right the surveillance state the blurring of identity your your physical identity as a as an individual versus your digital identity right the blurring mm. of of technology and humanity or at least the synthesis of them we're starting to see some of these ideas really emerging in our subconscious. And, and I wonder if that's why cyberpunk is so popular. You know, I, I think you might be right about that. Like an interesting thing about it is that uh, when you talk about like, for instance, having your cell phone and things like that, we usually think of cyborgs as being having a physical connection to whatever it is. Like it has to be mm -hmm. embedded in their flesh, but in a way, you could make that argument that the connection with our phones is uh, almost an, an, an emotional, um, maybe even spiritual one, where, where functionally you, you have this device in which you can, uh, you can offload some of your memory. So you're always kind of like able to say, I can think. But with my phone, I can think about anything Google has. You know, with my phone, right. I can think about whatever somebody else is saying. And there's this broader connection, which I think is, you know, partly, partly where movies like The Matrix were starting to look at that with the attachment to uh, expansion of cellular technology, though it was um, not near where it is today. It was 1999 that was released. But mm -hmm. um, even then, people were like, man, people in their phones, <laughs> you know, right, and, right. You kind and, of and the only thing they could do was make phone calls. Yeah, yeah. Or T9 right. texting. Oh, uh, dude. I was, was so funny. fast. I was so fast. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's um that's that's kind of an interesting thing. And I, you know, I I sense that we're kind of uh kind of drawing to a close here and we've kind of Yeah, we've, I, I well do want to 
I yeah, I do want to. Um, I think we've given a good definition of what cyberpunk is. I think we've explored it. Um, I think we've talked a little bit about, you know, okay, how does this actually play out in a world? I I do want to say that we are going to be coming back to this. Um, oh, for sure. I'm going to be playing cyberpunk 2077 like crazy and Mm. so we will certainly be back to this specifically to talk about some ips yes i think like that i think um i've i've played a lot of shadow runner which is again a pen and paper tabletop rpg Mm. um and i'm really interested in in talking about shadow run and and sort of uh some of the how they build their world because i think it's really interesting how yeah how much is involved in that world we're going to come back and talk about Cyberpunk 2077 when it comes out for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So so we we'll be back to this topic because it's one that's very near and dear to us, I think. Um so as we close out here, I want to ask our audience a question. And you can answer this through Twitter, through Facebook, through um our Patreon, any way any way you want. You can send us a, a message on the yeah. website. I want to know whether we are moving down the cyberpunk route in 20 years is our world going to be cyberpunk yeah and if it is that is to say are we going to end up in a technology controlled surveillance state where people are pushed to the fringes of society and are uh having to fight back and if it is what side are you going to be on? <laughs> All right. And I and I asked this question, and I asked this question because in cyberpunk, the anarchists, the punk element, is most often our protagonist. But mm. we have to remember, in this world that we create, there are a lot of people on the other side of it. There are a lot yeah. of people on the author- authoritarian side. There are a lot of people who are just going to work trying to do their best and are probably pretty happy doing it too that's right so the question is in 20 years if we move down this in in 50 years if we move down this track what side are you going to be on thank you for joining seth and i on the world craft club podcast Please go ahead and like us, subscribe to us on your preferred app. And if you use iTunes, rate us five stars if you think we're worth the rating. It really helps our numbers. If you're listening here, you're missing out on half the content along with loads of other goodies. So please consider becoming an exclusive club member at our Patreon page, starting at as low as $5 a month. If you have any questions, you can go ahead and jump on our webpage, worldcraftclub.com, to get the latest updates on our blog. We're also available on Twitter and Instagram. This has been the Worldcraft Club podcast. Thank you for listening.